You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, my name is Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network. Today, I have two guests, two filmmakers um, with really important films that could have been made yesterday, but they were not. And so I'm excited to delve into conversation with them. Please join me in welcoming Christopher Everett and Dennis Leroy Kengali. Thank you. Lovely to be here with you, Tanya. Yeah, same here, same here. Lovely, lovely to be here. So, you know, I'm making my first film, so I applaud you both for making one. Christopher Everett has a documentary called Wilmington on Fire about uh, a massacre in 1898 in Wilmington, North Carolina, that I honestly had never heard of until um, getting prepared to 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 meet Christopher today and Dennis Leroy Kangali. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, you are. You are. Or because it could be Kangali. I'm, I'm, you are. No, you're saying you hit. You're hitting it. You're hitting. Listen, I've been called a lot of things in my life, Tanya. You <laughs> okay. could say it a lot worse, boy. Let me tell you. No, thank you. Kangali is right. Yes, it, which which actually means the dispossessed. The it's a Senegalese. Uh, 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 term, and well, my family's from Trinidad. Okay. So in Trinidad, the term had been had sort of uh, uh, been uh, uh, merged with some of the Indian patois. So Kangali actually means the wretched. Mm-hmm. And I told the therapist once, if I knew that, you know, twenty five years ago, <laughs> I could have saved myself a lot of therapy. And a lot of that money. Says, that's, um, that explains but, a lot, Dennis. That explains that, a that lot. It's all in my name. It's all in my name. It's all in my name. So Dennis Leroy Kangley's film, written, directed, um, and starring also, is called As an Act of Protest. So, Dennis, this telling me that your name is about the dispossessed, wretched, uh, the, the film. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It was painful. It was really, yeah. <laughs> it was really yeah. painful. Um, mm-hmm. Some beautiful performances. 
I want to, I mean, I I know as an artist why you would create it, but I want to know, now at the end I saw it was made, was it 2001 or 2012? Yeah, yeah, 2001, yeah. I was editing the movie, actually, uh, literally uh, right before 9-11. Okay. Um, So we had shot it in January of 2001, after the weird election then that occurred. When, right. when Bush Senior had 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 had, had yeah. come in again, no one knew what was going on. If you guys remember all that 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 weird time, so that January we shot the film, and uh, and it took me about a good six seven months just to edit the movie, and um, yeah, by, by two thousand one, well? yes, yes, edit yourself as well. Okay, yes, yes. I had I worked fact, with an editor, but yes, yes, I was. My I, we, we, we were. We, I was editing. Uh, you know, back then it's funny. I feel so old, but the first Final Cut Pro system had just come out at the tail end of the '90s, and it was really user friendly. I'm not very technical at all uh, as an artist in, in any way, so um, technology t- it takes me a very long time uh, to sort of adapt to it. I was also more of a theater artist. I was a theater director for many years. My background round is, is in theater. I went to Juilliard for a couple of years. But making the transition into filmmaking was, was relatively easy. Um, and that version of Final Cut Pro was very simple. Uh, that's all I remember about, about the editing process then. I mean, very easy. And, um, and we were still using tape. You know, we, we, we shot it right. on, 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 on mini DV and we would put the output onto VHS. So we'd watch it back on VHS. That was the only way we could see what we were doing. But Interesting um, that you bring up Final Cut Pro because um, I'm here in Seoul finishing the edit on my film Red Pill and my editor who can work in every system, yes, her good. system of preference is Final Cut 7, which wow. is a legacy system that there's no longer any support for. Um, wow. But, um, you know, Jung Mong Lee, I think, who cut Parasite, still cuts in Final Cut 7. Wow, uh, they're, they're, okay, okay. Love okay. it because they said it is the closest digital resemblance to, uh, you know, paper and scissors that you can, uh, like, yeah, yeah. and things around. What That's about your cool, editing yeah. process for Wilmington on Fire, Christopher? Uh, well, it's similar to the same thing. Um, you know, we uh, we made Wilmington on Fire. We shot everything um, digitally. Um, we shot on the the DSLRs, Canon 5D and Canon 7D DSLR cameras. Yeah. Um, we edited in Final Cut. I think it was Final Cut 10. I think it was wow. 10. Final Cut Studio, the one that everybody hates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what we that's what we, that's what we used uh, to cut that. And so, yeah, we we had the premiere of it November, you know, 2015. And um, but yeah, we used the DSLR cameras digitally and cut it Final Cut Pro. You know that the one that you said everyone hates, but my the the guy that um, edited the film that's what he always uses. He always uses right. Final Cut. That's his go to thing. So he's yeah. always whenever Final Cut comes out with something, he can't stand Adobe Premiere for some reason. Um, so he always uses Final Cut. That's his thing. Yeah, no, we're all Final Cut. Here now, I want to ask you, Chris. You've got you know historical footage. Wasn't that a very costly thing? Getting all the rights to all that footage. 
Uh, well, the footage, you know, really didn't have historical footage. It was more um, historical, you know, photos and, and um, mm. documents. But that's but the right. thing is, that's still things that own, yeah, yeah. people own. And yeah. what was the yeah. right situation about that? Well, some of the stuff we actually, that we got, it was from people's personal collections. Who well, you knew personally like, so you could get a yeah, we, release from Yeah, them. Yeah, so they, they, a lot of folks just signed it over to us and just willingly let us use it for free or real cheap because they they were all waiting for a project like this to come along mm. where they can actually use this stuff and really get, right. this, right. get the story right. out. Right. But the, the state archives in North Carolina, they had access to a lot of stuff. I had a connection with the, the Cape Fear Museum in Wilmington. They had a lot of stuff. Nice. So just my own connections, you know, I was able to get a lot of stuff for very cheap or a mm -hmm. lot of stuff on the free. Um, certain things kind of cost a lot, like certain newspaper articles. Yep. They probably ran me about $250 a piece for like worldwide rights. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad no, at all. At all. At all. At all. Thousand, you know, whatever. So luckily with this project, we kind of, you know, we, we were lucky. We're getting a lot of archival stuff on the cheap. So both of you were, uh, you know, for people who are listening, I'm going to let the gentleman say, but I want to say that for you to be really re-releasing these movies right now in this moment, they're right in the zeitgeist. Um, yeah. You know, we may know our own yeah. history, but Tulsa just coming into American yeah. awareness because of Watchmen and um, Lovecraft mm -hmm. Country. Right. And, um, right. The fact that we do have these digital cameras that everyone carries around all the time. And even though Black Lives Matter has been around for 14 years, this has been the year that it has seen, well, the most attention that it had ever had, even though that's already beginning to wane. Um, you know, what I'm going to say, and I'm going to let you, you speak, is it, what was hard for me about watching as an act of protest was that um yes, it was yes. it was like this is i live this every day i, I don't know i don't really want to watch yes. this i don't want to watch this is it's my life so yes. painful yes. um yes. 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 beautiful performance by che Allende. um yeah yeah yes. yes as a as a as a creator you know i was reading some of your your biographical information and it talks about how you just like to be radical and raw and in your face like what was your goal for an audience to experience? Because it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, I suppose. I mean, I don't know. It's and it's always tricky. And I, I, I um, um, I always go back to music, um, which I wish I had, I'd had the proclivities for Tanya. I'm not. I, I, I dabble in music. I play around in music. I, I'm not a musician, though. Um, I love music, and I've always been very, 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 very conscientiously inspired uh, by American protest music, mm -hmm. folk mm -hmm. music, and early rap mm -hmm. in particular. Last and jazz, are in, jazz in the film. Yeah, yeah, of course, who are in the film and. I really wanted to to find ways of of taking uh, some of, of of what you hear 
in some of, you know, it's like, like Nina Simone's Mississippi Goddamn, right? It's like, you know, you listen to that and you think, man, what would that be like if an actor yeah, but I got what I gotta was, say about Mississippi Goddamn it's got this that kind jaunty of, song like dun 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 Sure, of course. And there's a lot, there's a lot of humor. You no, know, Mississippi but, Goddamn, but, but, if you weren't but, listening to the words, you could think it was a polka or something like that. No one's of course, ever going to she mistake makes it, she, anything she about makes it very funny. She makes it very, you know, she makes it uh, very humorous. Um but um but there's a lot of blood, quite literally. That 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 an artist like her really uh, uh, sheds and shares. I I I remember when I was making the the movie. Um, I thought, well, you know, if Chuck D was going to make a movie, or if like you know the Clash or uh, you know one of the great punk bands were going to make a fucking movie, what would they do and how would they do it and how would they really try to uh, uh, be aggressive to the audience? Uh, in a way that was um, uh, honest and in a way that seemed almost like it was a nightmare. I mean, I, I, I often laugh nowadays because, yeah, the movie does seem more relevant almost now than it did when I was making it. Um, I made it in the late, you know, I started in the late 90s, early 2000s under Mayor Giuliani mm -hmm. uh, in New York City. And, and anyone who's mm -hmm. old enough to remember him as a mayor will remember that. Uh, every other week in New York, huh, there was an issue about a black man in particular who had been abused or killed by the cops. And it was like this ongoing thing in the 90s. And I remember by, by the late 90s, I kept thinking, why aren't theater artists or film artists really getting into it? Why are we not... Showing that, or why are we not creating our own institutions that are run by white yeah. people? And that wasn't of interest to them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just had a reading at North exactly. Carolina Black Rep of a play where someone got killed on stage, and of the three years of developing it, people kept saying, Oh, don't put that on stage. But then in 2019, there were a couple of plays at Lincoln Center where black men were killed on stage, and so, Oh, now it's de rigueur, they're allowing that to happen. But you, oh, when you were doing course, that, that was like, oh, course, no, we, we don't want to see that. We're not doing that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I remember even, listen, I remember even when I was at Juilliard, uh, part of the reason I left um, was because of that reason, obviously. I mean, I didn't want to necessarily be a classical actor. Um, I, I appreciated what I learned from them in my first year. But by my second year, I realized, well, this is not really for me. And I'm more interested in, in trying to figure out how Amiri Baraka uh, can be palpable and relevant to my generation, right? And who I was, what, 22, 23 uh, in the, in the mid-90s. So I was already trying to figure that out there. And everyone kept saying, oh, well, you know, that stuff is, is not, not relevant anymore. So there was a lot of ideological, uh, uh, I think, uh, uh, obstacles when I was in my in my twenties, which may not exist now. I mean, now it's kind of fashionable to 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 talk about racism. Well, the president number said one. we're not going to be talking about that anymore because um, that's child abuse. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus <laughs> do we have a president oh is that what is that what, no, I, mean, what I want to, i want both of you as black men because i can never speak to the black male experience yep. tell me yeah, i know yeah, what it's yeah, like yeah. for me to watch black men getting killed on screen and i know that it's happening to black women they just don't get the press yes what is it like for you gentlemen yes, yes. every day to be a black man in america i mean i your film definitely captures it but well, you know, Chris and I talk about talk about this all the time. There, 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 there there's a, it's a moral problem, you know. I mean, the idea of just first of all seeing images of black of violence against black bodies in general is very disconcerting. Now, America absolutely has a like fetish. lynching postcards. It does. You know, that's what it is. Absolutely, they, they it love it again because exactly. it is a fetish. They love it. They love it. They, they love it. They love it. It's a fetish. We got. They love it. Hollywood adores it. I'm sorry. Without the Nazis or lynchings, Hollywood would be nothing. That I always say this. They abs. Two things Hollywood loves: World War II, Adolf Hitler, anything about about that, and black men, particularly in the deep down south, in the plantation on that plantation, getting whipped or lynched, or of course the black woman getting raped. By the white, you know, slave master. Hollywood has a fetish for that, and um, these were some of the issues, of course, that went into me wanting to make a film about this, about uh, writing roles for black men, again, in particular, that that where we could be cerebral and emotional and conscious of what's going on, and be like how I am in my everyday life. I mean, Chris and I have wonderful conversations, and I always say to Chris. Chris, all I want to do is write scripts that are like the way we talk at two o'clock well, in the morning. It is like almost two right. o'clock in the morning. Right. And share so that. that I, I want to share that <laughs> with the world. You know. You know, you know. And 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 so that that's where it becomes this this terribly uh 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 moralistic problem. I I I do not like I mean you can only see so many images of 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 black men getting, you know. Uh, uh, being in a chokehold, uh, getting shot, having a cop put his uh, knee on your back, right? All the images we constantly see. And although people claim that the more you see it, the more it will help change the world, I disagree with that. 
I think you are need you in to... North Carolina. Where is that? So what is it yes, for you guys down North there? I mean, New York. We are yep. we're kind of the we're the bad people of America. You're in the uh, you're in the heart yeah. of America. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, down here, you know, I was born and raised in the South. You know what I'm saying? Um, here in North Carolina, especially raised in a small country rural town um, called Laurenburg in North Carolina. So you know, I saw a lot, a lot of racism growing up. I mean, my first experience was I was just jogging in my neighborhood because oh, I was I was an athlete. Chris was an kid. athlete, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I was, you know, trying to work hard and go jogging. Well, you and can jog, Chris. <laughs> right. And that's what my first, that, yeah. that was my first lesson of not jogging <laughs> in your own neighborhood. Uh, police officers. What happened? Tell yeah. us, because jogging. Yeah, police officers uh, okay. pretty much came out of nowhere and held me up for hours. Pretty much thought that I was someone that was doing Illegal activities, right. selling drugs, and all you, you know, running the, from because something. I was running, right. Right. but I had basketball right. shorts on, you know, sweating because I've already ran like two, two or three miles, you know. So when you know I would see these type of things happen as I got older, it will always make me, you know, think about you know growing up, and mm-hmm. it goes back to the old thing of what Malcolm X used to say. You know, you're not down south, you know, if you're under the Canadian border, you're down south. So whether it's New York. North Carolina, the largest city or the biggest, um, the smallest city, it's it's all the same. It was being, especially being a black man in America. And so I think that's why I connected, you know, same, same, yeah, yeah, just black people in general, you know, men or women. And so that's why I try to do, you know, that type of work as well in regards to my films. And with Wilmington on Fire, you know, I would always hear about Rosewood when that film came out by John Singleton. And, you know, you hear about Tulsa. But it was something that happened similar right here in my home state of North Carolina that was very significant. And so I said, you know what? I was tired of complaining about Hollywood not making these type of stories or films. So I said, what the hell? I'm going to try it and I'm going to do it. And so I've just been having that same spirit ever since of not waiting on Hollywood. And that's why I connected with Dennis. And that's why we get along and, and still work on certain things. Yeah. And we're working on yeah. a new project right now together. Yeah. Is yeah. that... Go ahead, Dennis. Go ahead and explain. Um, uh, it's called project. A Saintly Madness. And I guess, Tanya, in a way, it's almost, almost like a, a spiritual sequel to as an act of protest. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. in, in, in revisiting some of these issues, again, now 20 years later, you know, in, 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 in my life and, 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 and in the world, and we're basically trying to do a little ensemble drama that sort of deals with some of the internal conflicts of people on the left and how they want to handle now aspects of revolutionary violence, protest, racism. And um, it's quite, quite a, 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 it's been a hell of a, a project. Uh, we're, we're trying to, we're shooting in January and uh, we spent the entire summer in the midst of the George Floyd her uh, writing the script, and it was not something I wanted to do. We originally, last year, Chris and I were working on a comedy, believe right. it or not. We were, seriously. It was right. a satire. It was a good one, but it was a satire. So energetically, I was in a different place. COVID hit. Everything happened. George Floyd, blah, blah, blah. Everyone pretended like racism is something new. So, of course, Chris and I always get caught in that, you know, 
Because anytime a black man gets killed, they either want to screen my movie or Chris's movie, which is right. terrible. That is a terrible, terrible thing. But this is what America does. I've been saying the same thing for 25 years and no one will listen. And uh, so Chris and I said, well, why don't we make a new film now and really express some of these issues and some of the problems that we both have with the hypocrisy of people on the left? Because that's really my like biggest what? Beat. Tell me some of the hypocrisy you see. Tell um, me some of the hypocrisy I, you I, see I, on I, the left. I'm, in, in particular, um, I mean, one of the things that get me um, is that, uh, and Chris and I, again, talk about this all the time. Um, I'm not a firm believer in begging or asking or complaining the system as we know it to change. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm firm Malcolm X believer when it comes to that. I think you're, you've lost your mind. If, if you actually really believe that America really cares or wants to be or will change, you're, you're, you're living in la-la land. Now, that doesn't mean that things can't change. But if there's a Confederate statue, say, in front of my house, okay, Tanya, there's so many Confederate. This country is nothing but, is one Confederacy. I can't spend all of my time worried about that one statue. What I should be worried about, I think, now as an artist, is how you feel, how Chris feels, how we feel about each other, maybe as black people, and start expressing that. And I also have a lot of real big beef with black cops who seem to now, more than ever, if you notice, are involved in a lot of weird stuff lately. And there's a lot of interesting things that... I don't know what weird stuff um, they're involved well, like in. The, the, the George us. Floyd issue. I mean, there were four cops who were really involved in that murder. Everyone knows Derek Shavian, the white guy, the main white guy. I forget the name of the other white guy. Um, but the other two cops, one was Asian and one was black. Now, I said to Chris a while ago, I said, you see, now that would be dangerous. If we actually explored that, because Tanya, what scares me are not white racists. It's the black people who are colonized, who work against us. Those people scare we me. We got a lot of yeah. And they've been my biggest problem in my entire, in my life, in the arts, in the art world. It's not white people who've, who've thrown me out of meetings or who won't give me grants. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm 44. I've never gotten any help from anybody in New York, right? It's always been black people who've, been, who've worked hard against me, people of color who don't want to appear, quote unquote, too angry. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So it's all of that. And, right. I, and I think that that's absolutely, I mean, that's, that's some kind of friends for non-nightmare. And I really do believe that we need to kind of get into that. And but yeah. I got I'm going to I'm going to push I'm going to yeah. push against yeah. you because there's a way in which I agree with yeah. you. I, I think that there's a way in which I feel like the only reason we go to white people is because they have these keys to gates and they have all the resources. Yeah. Yes. But yes. as Chris Everett's film points out, we have done it ourselves again and again and again. I yes, mean, it's, at the end, when emancipation ended, there were four million uh, black people yes. who were released 
into a capitalist economy with zero capital. And we rose to be some of the most successful people in the world in every industry. Yes. Now think about that. There is. And every time we do, they come in and destroy it. Chris, I want you to speak to that. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Um, And 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 that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the film is to really, because I didn't realize until I got older about a lot of those accomplishments, especially coming out of slavery and how we we turned around our whole educational achievement oh, yeah. as well, um, coming out Beautiful. of slavery and starting Beautiful. businesses and starting, you know, black business districts and becoming, you know, industry leaders as well and doing our thing. But the, the, the downside of that is that the, the government never really protected to protected us. You know, we paying taxes and doing all this stuff, but we never right. got the equal protection under the law. And I've always right. the law has never protected right. our business, right. our home, anyway, right. our property. Right. right. And you know, and that goes back to um what we talk about in Wilmington on Fire is yeah. really the, the case for reparations, you know, exactly. because of that. And I know the film has been mentioned even last summer last during year. the whole yeah, That's during right. the whole congressional right. hearing. On the only film mentioned. Yeah, it's the only right. film. Wilmington That's right. Fire. So a lot of people have been really using the film to help push for the case of reparations because you know it really shows of uh, that whole the, the eighteen the whole period of racial terror. You know, after the reconstruction. racial terror is ongoing. Okay, exactly. racial terror exactly. is exactly. ongoing. It has never exactly. ended. What yeah. I'm asking you all is, we we have right now. Why would we even think that they would ever allow us to have without bombing us and destroying us again? History has shown us that's what they do again and again and again. So with well, that a, as it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of like uh, like Paul Mooney always says, it's like it's like Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> I mean, we love our oppressors. We keep asking them. Hello. Hello. Will you stop? Will you give me? Will you stop? We have to stop that. I don't. I'm. I'm not one of those people who believe in that. I believe in doing for self. I believe in self defense. You're not hearing that, my question. That, You're yeah. not hearing my question. My question is: I agree with you. So we've got these two sides. We have done for ourselves again and again and again, and yes. every time we do, they destroy it. Yes. So with that as the model, the factual historical model. What other options are there? Well, I think the the options really clearly is, you know, learn from history. Yeah, they destroyed it, but, you know, we made some mistakes as well. And I think now we really need to use our votes and also still pull our money together. You know, we can't just say, you know what? Yeah, exactly. Well, let's 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 don't do nothing. <clears throat> you know, we have to try as right. a people. Um, there's a lot of things we can be doing better, um, like supporting what? one another. Um, one, starting more businesses, investing in each other, um, <clears throat> you know, start going, you know, still take our education more serious um, <clears throat> and doing things like that, building businesses, doing what I'm doing. Like I'm distributing mm-hmm. Dennis's exactly. film. Exactly. No one took a chance on it. Exactly. So just doing small things like that. Exactly. You got one sister right now, she has Quelle exactly. TV, black exactly. streaming service. Exactly. We can support that. You know, exactly. so just doing small things, yeah. you know, like yeah. that, of just us doing that without together. always right. trying, exactly, right. just being together just and stuff simple. like that. Simple stuff, exactly. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess I don't see it as that simple. I mean, we had this beautiful day when the NBA said okay. we're striking. 
And I heard someone saying somewhere this past week, they said, if all the ball players just said, <laughs> we're done, they can't replace them. They can't go out and hire a new team. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of white people be like, great. Now we can go back to it just being an all white league and we can just watch ourselves play. But I think if the black players all started their own league and just played, I, I know where the money would be going. I know where the viewers would be going. And yet these men with great wealth and power and privilege went on back. Yeah, exactly. and, and, the and that's the problem. The thing is that, yeah, it's, I don't, and, and honestly, if, if white people look at it and say, hey, you know, we get to go back to watching white folks play, honestly, no one really wants to see that. They don't even want to see that. So, but I agree with you that we don't realize the power that we have, you know what I'm saying? And, and to me, our people are the only people that's never really benefited off of our talents, whether it's our athletic talent, our music talent, we've seen it years in the music industry and also now in the film industry as well. You know, we've never really been able to capitalize fully off of our talents. And, and, and innovations and stuff like that. And I think that we have to have the confidence. I think it's a lack of confidence. A lot of times our people, we aren't confident in ourselves and the ability to do what we need to do. Um, you know, well, both yeah. of you are very yeah. confident, so I'm not going to accept that. I I'm don't saying, think some we people lack do. confidence. I know, I, don't. I know plenty yeah. of confident I agree. black people. And um, I think there needs to be more. There's plenty I agree. of I confident agree. black people. Now they not may not be the ones that right. the gatekeepers right. let that, in. Exactly, Tanya. Right. <laughs> Tanya but I think that, good but, point. But, yeah, yeah. But I think good that point. um, you know, and that's why I just really, and the thing is, you know, that's why I really embraced, you know, being independent. And I think more independent artists need to really embrace yeah. that and make that yeah. cool again to be an independent artist, man. Yes. Really embrace that, you know, and really take that in and own to it, you know, and own it. You know that I'm an independent artist. I don't really need the system. Yeah, I can collaborate with the system whenever sure. it makes sense of course of course. but at the end of the day we can do our own thing and do it well yeah i agree and both of you are doing that this is tanya pinkins and that was part one of my conversation with joanne zippel a zip creative Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.